What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the UFC 283 pay-per-view going down this Saturday. The UFC's return to Brazil, first time in front of a live crowd in Brazil in, I believe, three years. It's going to be great to be back in front of the uh, Rio de Janeiro audience, and it's great to be joined back by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Great. You know, uh, first pay-per-view of the year in front of the rabid fans down there in Brazil. Um, you know, I think... They should make it a point to be there, you know, at least once a year. But, you know, as uh, I keep saying, I look up at some of these cards, some of these fights are going on. I got them on, like, the second screen. I look up, and I'm like, man, he's falling off a little bit. So I want them to re regain their momentum here. Hopefully this event is the start of a great new run for the year. Um, but uh, But a little bit of a sketchy card. Yeah, uh, that's a, a good point, though, is like some of these fighters like they are, you know, low level, they're new, but like at least they're in front of like a hometown crowd that like adds some intrigue to the to the fights alone, because that's what the UFC used to do all the time. They travel someplace new. They would bring a bunch of hometown fighters and then the crowd has something to get behind. So um, I don't think the card is is bad, per se. The, I think the main card is fine, uh, but, you know, definitely not like a star studded lineup. Um, uh, last week recap, a uh, pretty bad week for me. A lot of props missed five units down, bad way to start the year. And, um, just overall some, some bad reads on, uh, on some of the, the tempo props that goes the distance inside the distance and whatnot. So, uh, what about you? Yeah. So I dropped five, uh, units last week. You know, the, I thought Ketlin, I we didn't touch on that. I thought Ketlin won. That fight, but it was yeah, a close fight. She did. It was a close fight. It was, you know, I, I thought a little coin flip, but I thought, kinda, I I'd probably bet Ketlin again. Maybe just not enough activity with uh, some of the scoring, like, on to Raquel a little bit. But I thought it would, and, you know, I think I would probably go with the same, you know, the same way again. Um, You know, that under in the, in the, in the Javid fight, you know, I kind of felt good about it, but, you know, then freaking uh, Mendonca just just real tough and kind of didn't let Javid build up enough, you know, consecutive strikes. And then on the ground, you know, I was hoping that he would actually kind of go for a submission to maybe advanced position. But, you know, he never ended up, uh, you know, getting too close to a finish there. And then two bad money line bets between Puna and uh, and Damon. But we move on to here. Abdul Arazak, obviously solid, super solid money line. But uh, it was a little bit of an up and down week there. I think looking back, um, there's some plays that I wish I would have been on, like uh, the winners, all the over, all the, the over. Events. No, mo specifically the over in the main event. Yeah, so I had I had one variation there. of that, which came. Yeah, just some of the overs there. Just um, Strickland Live was good. Did you mean, get yeah, that? I was just giving maybe credit to some some of the uh, like the fact that Strickland was showing me that. I just thought he could get clipped by Imavov early. But that's probably one of the only bets that I was going to make that I didn't. I probably wish I... Um, yeah, your mic cut out there for a second there. Um, just maybe reset your mic real quick. But um, that'll uh, that'll do it for a recap of last week. Um, let's get into these fights this week. 15 fights going down in Brazil. 15, it's a lot. I think it's too many fights, honestly. Uh, but we'll get through some of these pretty quickly, I think. 
Um, and we'll start things off in the Bantamweight division. Daniel Marcos taking on Simon Oliveira. A couple of contender series guys. Uh, the odds here, Oliveira minus 149. Uh, Marcos plus 129. I think these guys are all right, you know. Uh, definitely not super proven, but I think they both had a decent showing on the contender series. And I, I like for this fight to go the distance. I think the fact that it's plus money is off. I think that uh, maybe Marcos KO probably has the highest chance. Uh, actually, no, Oliveira sub could happen as well. But but Marcos doesn't grapple much, and Oliveira's a guillotine guy. So I think that that should avoid a lot of the sub threat from Oliveira. And I just kind of imagine them striking with one another, maybe. Oliveira gets on top and kills some clock. I, I just don't think the fight finishes at over a 50% rate. So I'll uh, I'll likely have a bet on the goes the distance here. And I actually think that Marcos is the side to a money line price. But uh, no reason to pick a money line when I think that goes the distance is the best bet. You got any uh, any action here? I, uh, um, excuse me, I really don't. You know, I see that Marcos kind of moved over to... Um... What's it called? Kill Cliff, I think, after his uh, his fights. 93 guys. So, obviously, we like that. Peruvian, we like that. I'm coincidentally going over to my Peruvian side of the family, their house on Saturday. So, coincidence there. But in all seriousness, two guys that, um, you know, Simon Oliveira, pretty good submission game. Kind of, you know, good front, front headlock game and not afraid to go to it either. Um, but pretty well-rounded. I would say Marcos impressed me on his contender fight after being out for a while, you know, being able to have a diverse attack, you know, kind of, you know, using Muay Thai kind of um, tools there. And, you know, he's just a good overall. But I think this is a pretty solidly matched fight. I can understand why people would be taking the underdog. But I do think that um, Simon Oliveira just with the submission grappling game has an advantage. So I think I would probably side with him if I was to, to pick this fight. But I think it should be competitive. You know, if it says kickboxing, I think more of an over. If you see grappling, might be a submission here. Yeah. But like I said, it, for the guillotine, I mean, most of his subs are guillotines. So that's why I kind of like the over is because um, I can see him having grappling success, but he doesn't have a whole lot of, like, top game type of subs, like rear naked chokes or uh, arm triangles. So uh, that's the reason I like that. Um, but um, moving along to the next fight, uh, also in the Bantamweight division, Luan Lacerda taking on Cody Stamen. Uh, odds for this one, Stamen, big favorite, minus 405, Lacerda plus 305. Any thoughts on this one? I didn't really look at this fight too much. You know, I just figured that, uh, no, I mean, this guy definitely had a lot of wins in the uh, in LFA. LFA, the Brazilian contingent, see, you know, it's taken over by uh, a guy who has brought over a lot of guys, who's kind of one of the original guys to bring over, you know, a lot of Brazilians to uh, to the UFC, like Anderson Silva and a bunch of other guys like that. Interesting that undefeated guy kind of just, you know, about 30, you know, kind of giving him a guy like Cody Stamen in his first fight. 93 guy. We like that. Um, so I, I, I'm interested. I don't know. Novo Uniao guy, a lot of submissions, but Cody Stamen is a really, really good you know, fly uh, or bantamweight. So you know, it's gonna be a tough. That's a tough test for your first fight. So I, I, I'm not uh, playing anything on this. You know, I feel like Cody could definitely finish him potentially, but um, probably goes over. But, but I don't know. Yeah, I think Cody should roll too. I mean, hard to get a real good sense of how good Lacerda is. I mean, I don't think his striking looks very good. Uh, you know, all of his wins are by sub, really. 
And I don't think his wrestling is that good either. So, I mean, his wrestling is certainly not better than Cody Stamen. So I just don't see how this guy is going to be able to get the fight in his own realm. Maybe Cody, um, you know, shoots a dumb takedown and puts his neck out there. But honestly, Cody should be fine on the feet here. I don't even see the need for Cody to wrestle. But I think Cody making a, a dumb move and initiating the grappling himself would be the riskiest way for him to lose the fight. Um, also, I just don't understand this fight, man. I mean, like, Stamen's mm-hmm. been in the UFC for 10 fights. This guy's making his debut, and he's just, you know, just in a terrible matchup in, in, in Brazil. Makes no sense. But um, next fight is in the women's featherweight division. You don't hear that very often, but you got just Josiah Nunes taking on Zara Farron. Uh, Nunes, massive favorite here, minus 500, Farron plus 375. I think apparently this fight was booked like a year ago, and people said that if uh, Nunes was uh, minus 125, and now she's minus 500, uh, because she's been putting women in body bags, quite frankly. I mean, Maleki, she uh, retired her. Maleki literally had brain damage after that uh, that KO, and you know hasn't even been able to return to like normal life activities. Uh, and that's no bullshit. No laughing matter. Yeah, no yeah. Laughing matter. That's no bullshit. You know, um, and. Pasquale, she, you know, rocked her multiple times and like came inches, <laughs> like came so close to knocking her out a few, a few times. And Farron is just some noodly terrible fighter. I mean, she is so tall and noodly that the size difference between them is going to be hilarious. She also hasn't fought in three fucking years. Um, Who is Farron supposed to fight in, in, in France? This girl? All in Perez. All in Perez. Yeah. It, it, was that after All in made her debut? or that Yeah, it was... was after. It was after. That was supposed to be all in second fight. Correct. She got choked out. Who she get choked out by? Uh, Edgar Armbarder, I think, Edgar. or something. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that honestly, Nunez is gonna punch a hole in Farron. I don't know if it's gonna be in her body or her head, but uh, the, the this is a rare time where a women's uh KO prop is actually juiced minus one thirty five. I'm not recommending betting that, but I I do think it probably inevitably hits here. Um, I think you know Farron will just fold up pretty quickly. So. What are you thinking? I mean, this fight is crazy. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, I feel like well, Nunes should be able to knock this woman out. Or if if this French lady tries to grapple her, just be enough of a little chipmunk. You know, you know get out of, you know, some positions and just start lighting her up. Crazy, man. Like, aren't there, like, girls in, like, your day-to-day life that, like, you look at them and be like, man, you could definitely be in the UFC's, like, phantom weight division. Like, have you ever told a girl that? No? Well, I Never. actually have run into Amanda Levy uh, a few times out. In, out right. In public. Yeah. There yeah. you go. But she's yes. uh, she's fighting at 155, I think. So, I know, but I get, you, I get what you mean. That girl, what do they feed them out there in Pennsylvania? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, <laughs> 155. Um, but man, if fucking what's her name, Nunez is kind of killing these women. Like I don't know how there's not more of these. College, these girls playing college basketball. What are you doing? Volleyball, yeah, that would be good. Yeah, vo- volleyball, bro. Go to a freaking kickboxing class. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, welterweight division: Warley Alves, Nicholas Dalby. Uh. The odds for this one are Alves minus 128, Dalby plus 108. Action been coming in on Alves. Uh, I think he was an underdog about a week or two ago and just steady action the past week or two on Alves. So people are liking the Brazilian here. Uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I could see why that happened. I'm leaning towards Alves. I think, I don't know what the plus number was, but 
to fade Dolby in his last fight so bad. Taking naked pictures on a pier <laughs> you know, and stuff. But uh, but he ended up persevering. I mean, he looked horrible in the first round, I think, right? He was getting yeah, held down by horrible. audio. Audio retired. You got Warley. Warley has kind of the same traits as what's his name, Claudio, in terms of like gassing out being like obviously he's much he's much more of a striker than the grappler. I, I just uh, I say that I want to get involved in the fight, but then I'm like if again Warley Alves is you know sucking wind, you know, after like four minutes, I'ma just hate myself that I bet, you know, a quarter you know, laid a quarter on him to win. So I think I got to pass, unfortunately. But um, I feel like it's just, like, too easy to hit Worley Alves. You don't know what Worley is coming out with. Like I said, you don't know if he's coming to strike, grapple, or going for guillotines. Like, Nicholas Dolby's trash. Like, he's not good. You know, you got the Brazilian. I give all the Brazilians, like, a slight bump, like a small bump in town advantage. Um, like he fights from like Denmark, I think. Uh, Dolby, he's not ready for that sun out there. You see these guys like Paul Felder. You know they're you know Paul Felder. He runs marathons, bro. He you know he's a triathlete. He's good over there. His skin is fine in the sun because he's in it so often. Nicholas Dolby, I don't know, bro. So the humidity, the crowd, the the the, the ferociousness of Warley Alves. Those are all opponents that Nicholas Dolby is facing this weekend. So ultimately, the pick for me is uh, Worley Alves to win by first round finish. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I lean Alves as well. I could see it playing out a little similar to uh, to Dolby's last fight uh, because Alves, uh, he hasn't been late in a fight in, in a few years, you know, three or four years. And the past few guys, he was late in fights with, you know, Sergio Marais, Sultan Aliyev, Salim Tuhari, just low level fighters. So I think that um, those aren't really too, uh, you know, indicative of, of how his cardio is. I could definitely see it being a problem, but he is a lot younger, 32 versus 38. I think Alves has a lot more finishing upside here. Dolby, really not a good finisher at all. And uh, the only way I see Dolby, you know, winning the fight is probably by taking over late on cardio. And if that's the case, then you're going to get a better live price on him than you are now. So I think Alves, uh, you know, rightful slight favorite, probably still aside uh, because I think the possibility that Alves just steamrolls him from the jump is higher than uh, the possibility that uh, Alves or that uh, Dolby's going to be a bigger dog live. I'm, I'm almost certain Dolby's going to be, you know, plus 150, 200, 250 at, at some point in the first round. So you might as well wait if you like Dolby. Um, that's going to take us along to the lightweight division, the first of the Bonfin brothers making their UFC debuts, taking on Terrence McKinney, Ismael Bonfin, uh, the better brother of the two, in my opinion, a lightweight fight. Uh, McKinney minus 130, Bonfin plus 110. Uh, action coming in on McKinney this week, uh, just about a week ago. Um, as Bobby Schmerder would say, what's the, with price? The, what's the price? What's the price again? Minus 130, McKinney plus 110 on Bonfin. Okay. Um, so action coming in on McKinney. I, I agree. Um, 
you know, I think that uh, Bonfin is definitely the better brother of the two. Uh, you know, his fights where he 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 fights uh, like he, he takes in information throughout the fight. He makes adjustments. He seems to have good cardio. He knows how to win a decision. His brother, I'll talk about him a little bit more, but just uh, a different type of fighter. I'll talk about him later. Um, but Bonfin looks like a good fighter to me. I mean, I think his defensive grappling is one of the more questionable parts about his game, but his striking looks good. His boxing is solid. He punches to the body, which is good, which will, could be a good asset here. And McKinney, um, you know, obviously we're all very familiar with him making a, a big imprint on the UFC in, in a short time. Uh, the guy is, you know, clearly really dangerous. I mean, he's going to be able to steamroll a lot of people early on. Um, and I think that, you know, very, very possible that both outcomes here are just extremely likely of McKinney, you know, knocking Bonfim out early or Bonfim, you know, surviving a, a little bit of an early storm and taking over late. Both could easily happen here. And if you think that, you know, one is out of the question, I think you're fooling yourself because uh, this is an evenly matched fight for a reason. Um, I agree with the line. I think McKinney, the fact that he's such a fast starter and has that early finish equity, I think he should be the slight favorite here, but he doesn't know how to manage his cardio and he doesn't really seem to have a whole lot of depth to his game outside of those initial, you know, chaotic flurries. So if this goes past three, five, seven minutes, I mean, I think Bonfine, um, the fight massively, massively favors him if it gets out of round one. So uh, Bonfine, the uh, same story as the last fight is you're going to have a better chance to live bet him here. Um, you know, unless he somehow knocks McKinney out in round one. But I think that McKinney's going to start fast. He might even finish. Uh, and uh, if he doesn't finish, you're going to get a good price on Bonfim Live. So uh, real fun fight. Good matchmaking here, in my opinion. You know, props to McKinney, too. Flying down to Brazil, taking a tough fight against an unknown guy. Uh, you know, good piece of uh, matchmaking here. Yeah, you know, one thing that I did see this week, I think that I saw that um, Kinney's going to be wearing yellow shorts this fight, which I don't like. I don't like that vibe, so I had to dock him a little bit. But overall, I think I lean towards the McKinney side. Um, this fight, it's a tough one to um, pick, you know, kind of with conviction. I feel like McKinney's style, good to knock out dudes like Bonfine. Like, dudes like Bonfine, like Bonfine, I think is fine. Is that three times fast? Um, I think he's fine, but I feel like... Um, you know, kind of like the way he defends some of these strikes is it, just not going to go well f with a guy like uh, McKinney. And then even when, even if the fight goes longer, like I feel like the only way the fight gets extended when we're saying that, yeah, maybe whatever, this guy, live price, blah, blah, blah. But the only way that this fight's going long is if the, like, it's hard for me. To describe, like, yeah, is McKinney kind of kill or be killed? Yes, but he's not. It's not like you see, like Nate. Damn, how do can I describe this? It's like you're not gonna be like just blocking his strikes and like all, all taking them and not being like either concussed or hurt or damaged. Like he's not tiring himself out. I feel being ineffective is is I think the best way for me to put it. So I think he's going to detonate a bunch of shots on this guy's chin and knock him out. Or maybe take him down. I don't know. Like, I feel like he could even take him down. But yeah. I'm not betting I know. You, I know what you're saying. You, like, you have to either be insanely durable like Dober or be like a grappler who can get on top. Because if McKinney is launching at you, 
I mean, it's it's hard to avoid that shit. I mean, oh, there's there's just these kind of guys. I used to train with the the guys on point. Like you know, you just it's it's gonna hurt. You know what I mean? Like if this if you're doing a round with McKinney, I don't care what happens, how good the shit's gonna hurt. <laughs> it's gonna be a painful round. He, he so, probably isn't isn't nearly as good in sparring as he is in fights because he can't go you know full you know rabies and saying bro those he, knees he up the middle a lot of people those knees he'll up the middle are nasty and you know i think he's got a decent height advantage here i think that knee in particular could be a specific weapon uh for mckinney here so i'll pick mckinney actually to to win i think um yeah round one finish but um right this shit bro if this motherfucker i'm doing this shit until he loses bonfine like, is getting bonfine is getting a lot of respect i mean like not like that Gonzalez guy was was any good. He just fought, but like he is six to one uh, as a dog, and like they're you know they're pricing you know Bonfin with a ton of respect. So the market clearly thinks that Bonfin's like a legit prospect. But I don't know. I still think he's very susceptible to lose here. So enough about that one. Uh, heavyweight fight next: Jalton Almeida taking on Shamil Abdurahimov. Uh, Jalton minus nine hundred. Shamil plus five fifty. So. Um, I doubt you're really picking Shamil here, so uh, it seems like a matter of how is Jarlton going to win the fight, uh, in your opinion. Um, yeah, Jarlton's probably just going to dive, you know, dive on this guy's legs. It's not going to be that intriguing. Um, but, I mean, I got no thoughts about this fight. Zero. Jarlton's scary, but I want to know if what if what weight class he's really going to fight in. Yeah. I think I uh, you got to go KO over sub. I mean, sub is minus 175. KO is 225. I mean, uh, with Shamil, you know, being a, a big fat guy, you know, with not much of a neck, I could see him just shelling up and taking, K, uh, you know, ground and pound shots as opposed to giving up the neck. But, um, yeah, I mean, that shit's essentially just gambling, uh, picking on the method. But, you know, 225 versus 175, I'd much rather take the 225. He did KO uh, Danilo Marks too uh, in one of his fights. So, um, enough about. Uh, also, what a, what a stupid fight! What, what the hell does that even do uh, for anybody? But anyway, um, welterweight division: Gabriel Bonfin uh, taking on Monir Lazez, and the line for this one: Bonfin minus one eighty two, Lazez plus one fifty seven. Um, sort of what I was saying earlier about the brother uh, is that. Gabriel getting a lot of respect. I mean, fresh off the contender series and he's favored at almost 65% over Lizez, who's, you know, a pretty proven guy who's, you know, I would say an up and coming prospect of his own. He's still got less than 10 fights. Uh, so I don't know. He has 13 fights, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I like Lizez here. I think that, uh, Bonfine, um, as I was describing earlier too, just a lot different of a fighter than Ismail. Bonfine seems like your typical, you know, fast starter looking to hurt you. Most of the guys that we see, you know, succeeding on the contender series are just guys who bum rush people, finish them early, and that's that. Uh, his brother takes his time and, you know, figures the fight out as it goes, seems to have good cardio, knows how to win his decisions. I can't say the same about uh, Gabriel Bonfino. I think that his cardio is a lot less proven, and I think that he's probably going to slow down here. Um, there was a fight of his. It was a three-round, three-minute fight against um, Arberth, where in round two of that fight, I mean, he was huffing and puffing, slowing down, and then round three, he kind of got a second wind and knocked him out. But uh, I, I think if he's slowing down in a fight that's only you know five or six minutes long, I think there's a good chance he does here, especially with his style of just he's 
you saw on the contender series. I mean, he just comes at you aggressively, throws a lot of punches and combinations, and his offense is good, but I just don't think it's very uh, good in terms of winning fights that go past one round. Because if Lazez is still there past a round, I think Lazez will likely have the cardio advantage, will start to wear on them in the clinch exchanges. And, you know, Lazez is a, a solid fighter all around, all areas of the fight. I think he's pretty solid and proven. And I don't see any area where he's going to be super outmatched here. So I think that um, Bonfin might start fast, might get out to an early lead, but I don't think that he's going to sustain it. I think Lazez will take over and he will win the fight. So I have some pre-fight Lazez, and I think I'll definitely be looking to add some of that on the live line as well. So uh, I like Lazez here. Yeah, interesting fight too, Rangy, welterweight guys. Um, you know, Lazez is much older, you know, even though they have the same amount of fights. When I watch um, Bonfing, the big Bonfing, um, you know, I feel like the guy's got some good tools, some good talent. Um, but a lot of the guys that I'm seeing him beat up feel like don't have a lot of depth, don't really know too much about, about defense, defending, kind of just kind of get overwhelmed by him overall. Um, and I think that's the strength of Lazaz. Like he kind of he just kind of sticks to a, a even keel pace, like you saw against um, you know Lusa. He kind of had won those first two rounds pretty easily, but then in the third round, he like kind of like upped the tempo a little bit, landed a few more strikes and everything like that. But overall, like a guy that kind of fights to like an even keel tempo, I think he does not give as many opportunities as uh, some of these guys that you've seen uh, Bonfim fight on the regionals. And uh, and then I just don't think that uh, Bonfim is going to be going for too many takedowns. So I kind of, I see the angle why, you know, to take the, the dog shot, but I kind of just like, I, I like this site to go over. Um, I feel like after initial, maybe kind of, you know, high damage, like, you know, danger, you know, opportunities, maybe in the early round, you know, first three, four minutes, I think we'll settle into like a more measured pace, some clinching, maybe some grappling, but uh, over at a little bit of plus money, maybe some starts round three. I don't, I don't think we've seen a over one and a half come up yet. But uh, I like this fight going, you know, handicapping it to go the the distance a little more. I like the sound of that. Um, I think uh, the, the the second half of the fight really favors my boy Lozes, so that would be cool with me. Um, and that'll move us along to the next fight. We are halfway through the card, uh, getting into the lightweight division. Tiago Moises taking on Mel Costa. And the odds for this one have Moises minus 375, Costa plus 310. Um, so uh, what are your thoughts on Costa? You think he's got much of a chance here to win on short notice? I had um, watched like the more recent Costa fights just because they... Um been doing the the lfa brazil thing which is cool and i mean he he's not the cleanest guy in terms of uh he, he doesn't dominate the fights uh a through e to z but i mean he, he has some skills everywhere you know he, he has a few finishes as well this is a tough fight for him especially with movements in the in the grappling and the wrestling that um that i think uh tiago has made you know, along with, uh, you know, his striking, which has uh, continued to improve. Um, but Costa's experienced guy, right, is going to be his 25th, uh, um, right? Yeah, his 25th uh, MMA fight coming up here, only 26 years old. He's a little rangy, tall, 
down game is a little like he just gets put in some bad positions sometimes or is like willing to in, in exchange you know good positions uh you know a little often you see that in that uh in Gomez fight uh a little bit and I don't think you want to be there with Tiago Moises I do think Tiago is a better grappler I think Tiago probably a little bit more proven I mean the cardio I think is 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 to Moises as well kickboxing um but you know I think it could devolve into a lot more of an even fight than people could uh, would expect um but I'm interested to see if it go I think the the total is the most interesting uh side for me in this fight but I haven't uh pulled the trigger either way yeah, I mean, I agree with most of what you just said. Um, Costa seems pretty decent, I would say. Uh, I think he can win UFC fights. I just don't think this is a good matchup for him. Uh, striking has potential to be close here, but as you mentioned, the the Gomez fight for Costa, pretty much all I needed to see to know that Moises is, if he wants to, he's going to soundly outgrapple this guy. The back takes will be there. Uh, Moises, you know, showed a really nasty rear naked choke in his last fight. Getting uh Yago's out of there and you know Yago's you know lifetime grappler wrestler uh, not an easy guy to just completely clown in the grappling but Moises you know made it look easy and um you know I think that that's live here as well uh I think that um the price isn't great on it plus 175 for Moises sub uh but I, I could definitely see it happening I think that's really the only intriguing bet I see on the fight um Moises' money line is heavily juiced. I, I, I think it's going to win. I see people betting over one and a half. I think that that's a little risky. I mean, I really think that Moises potentially could make easy work of this guy if he gets to the back. Uh, it really depends on just how urgent Moises is to grapple. Um, so, uh, yeah, not really seeing any bets I love there. That's going to move along to the middleweight division. Gregory Rodriguez taking on Bruno Ferreira. Uh, short notice uh, contender series guy coming in to face uh, Greg the leg here. Odds for this one, um, Robocop minus 286 with uh, Ferreira coming back at plus 246. Actually, some action came in on Ferreira today. Uh, I'll, I'll welcome all the action on Ferreira because, I mean, this guy is just no good. I mean... We've seen so many guys come off the contender series with this exact archetype of just they have a bunch of first round knockouts. They fight nobody good. They don't have much skill. They just come at guys. They throw hands and they knock them out. And Dana White seems to think this is like the greatest thing ever. But these guys come and go and not many of them stick around. Not many of them turn out to be actually good. And Ferrer just seems like another example of that, man. Uh, I don't see anything to write home about this guy. I think Greg is going to, you know, win however he wants. And uh, honestly, I, 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 I'd like to see this guy's height measured by the UFC. It says he's 5'10". I wouldn't be surprised if he's 5'8", at fighting at 185 here. So, I mean, uh, uh, RoboCop's going to clown this guy. So, um, honestly, uh, Greg is value at the current price. And uh, it's just a matter of how he's going to win. I haven't really looked at the pricing of the, uh, the props yet. But uh, what, what are you thinking here? Any thoughts? Do like Greg? I do like Greg. I mean, I think this price this is an interesting price though because see, Greg had that huge win in his last fight. Everybody knows Gregory Rodriguez now. You know they give him a short notice replacement. Um, you know they knew that they wanted Greg on this card, right? Like two weeks after, a week after his last fight, like yeah, Greg is fighting in Brazil. 
they give you a price and it's like a reasonable price to lay on Greg. What's going on here? Fuck it, bro. I don't give a fuck. I'm playing Greg too. I'm gonna look at the I'm gonna look give this fight another comb over. Just to kind of see, you know, maybe if there's anything I'm not seeing all too much. I just feel that Greg, you know, what he's shown in his UFC career, he's shown the hand, the hands and the power, right? When he, you know, he's shown like the discipline game as well, right? If he doesn't have the big opportunities like against Shitty or against uh, Marquez, right? He showed you against uh, Dusko that he'll, you know, he'll, he'll bite his time. He'll just come in, you know, hit you with clubbing shots, you know, uh, cage push, right? If you, you know, look to tie him up as he's, uh, you know, looking to throw those, uh, throw those punches and, you know, kind of win a decision like that. He's shown that he'll get takedowns. He'll take people down like he did against um, Artem and I don't know what other, you know, God, Chitty took his ass down. Um, and he's shown cardio for three rounds. He's shown durability. He's shown he's a fucking savage. I know he got surgery after his last fight as well. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. I'm not his surgeon, bro. I'm not no doctor. So I don't give a shit. <laughs> the other guy, I mean, he's just not impressive to me overall. Um, There's nothing to like about this guy. Is I don't, yeah, like. He swings I, hard. Uh, cool. Yeah, you know what I mean? But like Greg, he keeps his hands pretty high. Like this should be a showcase fight for Greg. It, I feel like the price should be like minus like 550. Yeah, not even three to one. I don't know. I yeah, I mean, I agree. They're 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 acting like this guy is a legit KO threat. I don't, I don't see it. So an Italian dude, he knocked out. Fucking sucked. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, this guy, uh, this guy just there's nothing like about him. Never fought past six minutes. Uh, never has he ever fought outside Brazil? Yeah, the, besides the contender series, maybe I don't know, but. Cares, but that's, a, that's enough Brazil. about that one. He's, he's shorter, he's smaller, has a better ground game. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'll take it. <laughs> um, enough about that one. We're gonna go on to uh, the last fight on the prelims light heavyweight division. Mauricio Shogun, who was retirement fight apparently taking on Ehor Proteria. Odds for this one: Ehor minus two hundred five, Shogun plus one seventy five. Uh, any thoughts on Shogun's retirement fight here? Yes, I'm absolutely 100%, 1,000%. Thing on Shogun. Small play on Shogun here. Um, I mean, he looked bad in his life. I mean, he didn't look that bad in the fight. I mean, it was a bad fight overall, but he didn't look that I thought he won. He didn't look but that bad. I agree. He looked that bad. And, like, he just had, like, he was trying to win, you know? He was like, all right, like, I got this big-ass dude in front of me. He was throwing, like, right? He was, like, hitting him with a bunch of body kicks. I don't know. I forget what he was doing. He he stayed this. His body looked, like, shitty. He looks, you know, his body is what's really bad. And his, like, chin, durability, that stuff like that. But apparently, Ehor got has no cardio, dude. So, you know, and, like, the issues that he showed in that fight aren't really ones that you fix that quick. And you're going to enemy territory, you know, to Brazil. And you're fighting Shogun, who, I don't know, like, Shogun's defense. I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to give me almost two to one on Shogun, I'm going to take it. So, fuck it. I'm a sucker. But I'm going to take, yeah. I, I'll take, yeah, I've got Shogun, bro. Like, even if this is, like, just, like, you know, you're gambling. If someone wants, like, fuck it, dude. I'll take Shogun. Two to one, almost. You get four to one by ITD against this young guy. Someone's getting finished in this fight, so 
So it might be um, Shogun. It might be Shogun, but it might be Ehor as well. I uh I initially was thinking Shogun, but I don't know. I I mean the thing is is I, I reviewed Ehor's tape and like I really don't even think this guy is like a good striker. Like I know he has knockout wins, but like I really don't think like anything he does from the feet is like impressive. He's fought a lot of low level guys who typically try to grapple him and have success either grappling him or cage pushing him, and then he breaks free and then he knocks you out. Um but I really don't see anything he does in the feet that's like, oh, that's going to be, you know, a real problem. Uh, he's just he's just young and pr- faster and more powerful than Shogun. But I, I, skill wise, I don't see anything that's going to be like, oh, this is going to be a walk in the park, even on the feet f- for him here. And then if Shogun, you know, shows any you know resemblance of a grappling game plan, he has to be a good bet here because you got to think the easiest path to victory is the grappling. Um, but. I don't even know if Shogun is aware enough or if fights with the, you know, the cognitive ability to realize that grappling is his best chance. Uh, so I just don't think, I don't think you can make a bet here on Shogun. I think personally Shogun winning the fight would be uh, just enough satisfaction. You don't have to bet the plus 175 too. If Shogun escapes this fight without getting knocked out to this bum, it would be such a win for the MMA world and community that you don't even need to win the bet. You don't. You you don't. So, um, and then if he loses the fight, you're going to think, man, I really bet on a 40-year-old guy who's been past his prime for 10 years who, without a doubt, said, I am retiring after this fight. Like, I mean, he's pretty sure about it. So, I don't know. I think that, I think this one is pretty risky, and there's probably smarter uh, bets to be made out there with intelligence than this. Uh, but Shogun by sub at fourteen to one, I think that's that's actually pretty good um, for a prop. Uh, that'll do it for the prelims. Uh, five fight main card coming your way. First fight remains in the same division, uh, light heavyweight division. Paul Craig, Johnny Walker. The odds for this one. Johnny Walker minus 200, Paul Craig plus 170. Hilarious fight here. What are we thinking? Uh, actually, wait, no. Uh, it's my turn to go. Um, yeah, I can't believe. No, I no, no. Let me take it. Because I can't believe you introed that fight with, with that level of, uh, excitement. of vigor yeah, yeah. And, and excitement. What are you doing, bro? You got Johnny Walker, the one and only, back in Brazil, first time, right? He, he, he tried to immigrate to, like, Scotland or some shit, Ireland. Uh, Paul Craig. You know, going down to to hold it down down there. Brazil has Paul Craig fought in Brazil. Paul Craig's fought in Brazil, right? Yeah, I think I think he beat Shogun in Brazil. Right, that was, uh, that's what I'm saying. That was in Brazil, right? <laughs> hold on, let me see. That was a draw. It was a draw in Brazil to that's Shogun. When, who? What was the controversy? Who won that fight? Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Someone, but I think Craig got a point deducted. Yeah, yeah. I think he did too. But Craig was fucking him up. But I, I think he fucked him up in round one and then he lost the last two rounds. Like he totally gassed out or something. Is that what happened? Yeah. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> the fucking Paul Craig is Paul Craig is back. I made him tap the strikes uh, in, in the second fight. But anyway, Paul Craig is back. I mean, you know, people will see Johnny Walker, what he did to, what's his name? Um, Ian Kudalaba. And they'll think that he's trustworthier, but no, you just can't. I'm betting on Paul Craig, okay? But by no means, I feel like you could go with Johnny. Like, you just think that um, he's going to be more potent and accurate with his strike 
uh, selection than um, Volkan was. And Volkan just looked real old and stiff, and you know, which is definitely the opposite of what uh, Johnny Walker is. So I could understand why someone's like, hey, look, like Johnny Walker, just much better athlete than um, than Volkan. Um, if Paul Craig, you know, kind of fights him in the same way, you know, Johnny Walker's going to be able to knock his ass out. But you just can't do that 2-1, to one, man. I just can't lay 2-1 to one on Johnny Walker. You know, he's liable to do something really dumb. He's got bad chin, a bad chin himself. You know, you've seen some of the knockout reactions the guys had. Um, it's just, you know, a telltale sign that, you know, the chin is a little bit, you know, the wires get a little bit, you know, fucked up when he gets hit real hard. Um, and Paul Craig is, you know, I mean, he could, he could hit him with a, you know, a shot, definitely on the counter. Johnny Walker does not have good defense, but it, so I'm not going to, you know, gamble on his side, but I think under for, you know, under has been steamed for sure. But I think under, I feel like, uh, they, these guys know the assignment. They, they know, they know what they're there to do. They're not there. This is not here to be like. All three judges score the fight like fucking what Volkan did in, in his in his fight in in Paul Craig's last showcase in front of a live crowd in London. Paul Craig is they told Paul Craig, you know, they they pulled it they pulled on his fucking beard. They're like, Paul, you're not here to fucking go to decision, bro. Like and and we're gonna do we're gonna set you up with Johnny Walker in Brazil. So That's do you and you endorse the under at even minus one eighty, you would say? The fight isn't a go under. Yeah, um, I, I guess I agree. I mean, it seems kind of obvious, though. I just, I, I, I'm for some Here reason, I can't, you go. I can't get myself to do it a go. lot of the times when it, it's like an obvious outcome like this. The under, I just can't do it. Um, but like yeah, Jimmy I mean, Flick, I, like Jimmy Flick versus Johnson, right? Yeah, but no, 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 that wasn't. That's a different story. Um. Like the Cachuera Eubank. Oh, I'm saying I'm saying the opposite because you just were like, no, man, this shit's going for sure the distance. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the ref. Yeah, he's like, you're literally the only person thinking that shit in the world. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. This is definitely going 15. That's true. Anyway, I didn't hear anybody else advocate for No, that. no, me neither, actually. Me neither. Um, <laughs> Now that you mentioned it, uh, but I, I'll be cheering for Paul Craig, no doubt. I mean, I honestly think that couldn't Paul Craig just like proactively wrestle Walker and maybe take his back like from the jump here? I mean, Walker is so. I just so, feel like Walker's so he, hips. He's like just like dude. Craig's grappling. His wrestling is bad, man. I thought it was getting better. I saw him like you know take down Shogun. I'm like, oh, it's gonna keep getting better. Then you saw, bro, someone's takedown attempts against Volkan. You're like, <laughs> he would just bro. stop. Like, he would shoot. He would get yeah. on his knees, and there would just be, like, no drive behind these takedowns. Yeah, you're like, what are you doing, bro? And Volkan's not a good athlete, bro. So, I, I guess it that... could happen. I mean, you saw what happened when Kurlov started wrestling Johnny Walker. So, you, I mean, conceivably, Paul Craig could do something kind of similar, but he's probably not going to do it. No, yeah, yeah, the yeah the under is gonna hit here. Yeah, I've I I've just decided it that um it, it, I just don't see any way it can go go over one and a half. I mean, if if if, if Craig stays in the feet, he's gonna get hit. If he shoots for lazy takedowns, he's gonna eat those Travis Brown elbows. And then if Craig gets on top or even on bottom, he's gonna be live to sub uh here. So and you saw Johnny Walker's submission game, bro. Don't don't underrate that. 
That was he, insane. That was insane. The fact that he <laughs> that shit was good. People actually, people actually watched Kudalaba get rear naked choked by Walker, and they were like, "Yeah, I'm gonna bet him in his next fight." <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good bet, but they didn't get the script, bro. But this they, is going yeah. under, bro, for sure. But yeah, um, props wise, don't see anything too good. Uh, maybe Craig KO ten to one. Um, that's gonna move us along to the next fight uh, on the main card. I'm pulling up topology again. Uh, yeah, it's uh women's one twenty five flyweight. Jessica yes. Andrade taking on Lauren Murphy. Let's uh, fight in the card. Minus four sixty five Andrade plus three sixty five Murphy. I'll let you keep going. Starting first with this one. I know you're chomping at the bit to get to 100%, talk about it. Hundred percent best fight in the card. You got Lucky Lauren. They made fun of Lucky Lauren last last time out. That cupcake Tate, but I don't even know what the reasoning was to to be like, yo, Misha Tate, right? She's like, oh, minus two hundred. Misha Tate, she won the boxing against Catlin. Who the fuck cares? What does that matter? Um, so Lucky Lauren, she did her thing. She showed best shab in the business. Literally, if you were to concocting the perfect female MMA fighter, you couldn't pass Lauren Murphy's shab. That would have to be a treat. Uh, 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 uh you know. You a, a, a special move, a, you know, ability that you would definitely give them. Yeah, for sure. And she's fighting on Draj. Like, look, man, Lauren Murphy, she's never really been knocked out. The only girl that knocked her out were, was, um, you know, and that was, you know, head kick and then a bunch of other shit and shit, pun intended, because Lucky Lauren, she had like, I don't know, she had um, like E. coli or some shit for that fight. So Lauren was not at 100%, and that's the only time she's been knocked out. And I just don't think it's going to happen here. Now, I say all of this. It could look like Damon Jackson versus um, Ige last week, where, you know, Lauren, you know, the difference in power is crazy. But look, Jessica Andrade is fighting, like, I don't even, you never know what fight she is at 125, 115. Obviously, the woman, she's fought at three weight class. I think she is she the only girl to ever fight at 115, 25, and 35. Maybe not, but definitely the most. Andrade has herself. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Andrade. <laughs> I um, thought you were talking about Murphy. I'm sorry. No, Murphy's <laughs> never fought at 115, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so obviously. Another, Andrade, another woman has. I just can't think of who. Obviously, Andrade, she has power in any weight class, right? But the point is, like, she's arm triangling Lemos from the feet. You know, she's doing some of this stuff to, like, these little girls. Lucky Lauren is a woman. She is not a child. She is not a girl. She is a woman. She's almost 40, dude. But she's honestly probably hitting her peak, you know, now. Um, <laughs> be, like, honestly, she, like, I don't know how. Let me not. I was, I had a whole little rant about it, but I'm not going to go into it. About, but anyway. Damn. Anyway. the audiences like that. Yeah, but anyway, Lucky Lauren, bro, she's just super steady. Like, is Andrade really going to take her down, hold her down? Like, I doubt it, bro. You know that lucky lauren has cardio um you know that she's got a lot of output um she could wrestle too she could take down andrage easily bro and andrage has never really grappled with girls like her size or i mean she has let me not like i'm not trying to disparage this guy andrage here right i'm trying to say lauren murphy's a bad bitch and i'm a you know at plus what what was the price for three 350 what is it 365 365 hell yeah bro what are you crazy it makes no sense so hopefully Lauren doesn't shit the bed like she did in her her title fight. And you know, stay, don't drink the water there, Lauren. 
fucking Fiji only. Oh, uh, bring home the win somehow, some way. Yeah, I mean, I guess I agree. Uh, the line's probably wide. Um, fucking Jessica Andrade plus one fifty to win by knockout. Come on, this girl's knocking out Cynthia Calvillo, bro. Come on, like this is no. You can't compare Calvillo. Lucky Lorimer. And also, when she's knocking women out, it's not like she's, like, beating them up and beating them up and then eventually finishing them. She typically just finds, like, one lucky shot that shuts, like, their lights off or something. I, I think that's what happened. I, I guess Calvillo was a little bit of a sustained one, but... Um, she you know, was losing she... to Amanda Lemos! She, yeah. She was getting light kicked. I mean, I, she was going to kill her. Don't get me wrong. She, dude, she lost... Whatever. Go ahead. You go. Well, um, yeah, I, I truly do think Murphy is a uh, a better fighter than Lemos. So the fact that she's has like what fifteen percent chance of a less to win, maybe ROI on Lauren Murphy fights is outrageous. Yeah, perennial underdog. Um, so yeah, I agree. Bro. I agree. I mean, I I won't be putting nearly as much uh as unit wise as Ozzy is. Maybe only, maybe only a half unit. Lauren by decision, bro. Seven to one. Seven. One. I was in attendance for last fight. It was good stuff. At one house on Lauren by decision, bro. Afterwards, you houses, dog. She wins by decision. That's uh yeah, housing market right there. Seven to one. Women's one twenty five fight, and Lauren Murphy is seven to one decision in a three rounder. Show me a model that comes to that. <laughs> Someone DM uh, me. All right, that's enough about that one. Uh, welterweight Attack, fight. Attack Gilbert our Burns. What's our friend's name? Neil uh, Magny. Warden. Solar Warden. Yes. I want to yes, know good, what his good, model says. Good to shout him out. Um, shout anyway, out. Uh, welterweight division. Gilbert Burns, Neil Magny. Gilbert Burns, massive favorite. Minus 475. Magny, plus 375. I mean, yeah. Uh, Burns probably going to diddle him. Uh, yeah, I mean... Don't even see, uh, don't even see how Magny is able to do his typical thing here of you know weaseling out a decision. Just because Burns is going to be able to just change levels and take him down, you know, whenever he wants. Magny just every time he faces a, a guy with a good top game and just decent wrestling, I mean, he typically gets decimated. The calf kick is going to be bad for Magny here on the feet. You know, the boxing of Burns is probably going to give him issues, and Burns should roll here. Honestly, I it seems like a matter of how is he going to win. Haven't really given it much thought, uh, and, but I do th- just think right away uh, sticks out th- uh, KO at three fifty. I think I would probably rather take that than than Burns. Uh, Burns hasn't actually subbed anybody since like Mike Davis, right? Like four years ago, that was at one fifty five too. Um, so yeah, no sub since uh, yeah, like I said, Mike Davis four years ago. So um, I think you might as well go KO uh on on this one but i don't know i think it'll probably somehow stretch to a decision and i think it'll somehow go the full 15 what about you do you think yeah you know i was thinking that i was thinking that martian it's funny you say that i was thinking that then we'll go 15 yeah i was thinking that but then you know what i what happened should shave cat fight watch a shave cat fight brother there is no way Neil Magny is surviving on the ground with Gilbert Burns, bro. There's just it's impossible. If Burns wants to finish him, though, no, I, which... bro, Burns is one thousand percent taking this guy down. One million percent. Is so you think sub? Yeah. 
because I mean, I don't know if it was maybe Neil was just this was his way of getting up, giving up. But the way he just gave Shavecat that guillotine, like the coming up, you know, trying to get up from like bottom half guard, like that's it. I would have guillotined it. I'm telling you right now, 1000%. Neil Magny comes up on a single leg like that on me, he's going to sleep. All right, I'm guilty. So I can only imagine Gilbert Burns is licking his chops and he trades the shave cat. They know they're like, yo, Neil Magny, like you should be able to like that's light work. I'm I honestly I root for Neil Magny now because like it's just crazy. Like this like the way he you know finds ways to win fights is just crazy. Like he is a great test case in like I don't know, like analytics. They need to look into what the fuck Neil Magny does, bro. Um but yeah, I just think that he, he, you know, I think that he could honestly, Neil, I, I feel like Neil could have success here with his, you know, real long range weapons. But what I feel that he, he's just a little too weak for a guy like Gilbert Burns and he doesn't throw, um, like, I would like for him to throw like some more uppercuts, like some more, like maybe like front kicks, like even because he has such a volume based approach, you know, I feel like just mixing in some more of those strikes that are a little bit more heavy and stronger would do his game uh, a lot of justice. But, I mean, that's not, it's working what he's doing. But I like the under. It just – I like under. I'll take the under. I'll take – doesn't go the distance. Or, yeah, doesn't go the distance. Under. Either one. So yeah, I hope – I sure hope it'll it'll go under. I mean, I don't think this fight has much in terms of entertainment value, so – this is a co-main? Um, yeah. This is a co-main? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Co-main's title fight, which is next. Um, the first time in UFC history, there's been a fourth fight between two guys happening this weekend. Davidson figurated the current champion. First time, right? Brandon. Yep, first time ever. Brandon Moreno. The line for this one, Bet Online has it. Uh, minus 123 Moreno, plus 103 Figueredo. So, obviously, a lot can be said about these fights. Um, you know, I guess I'll go into a little bit of an elaborate spiel. Uh, I'll preface it by saying, though, I, I don't have a bet on the fight th- thus far. I hope I don't bet on the fight um, at all, honestly, because I just feel, uh, first of all, I'm a big Figueredo fan. I would definitely prefer that he wins this fight. We bet him in the last fight. You know, he was big value there. We're getting a, a worse price on him here, but I still think that if there's one guy to bet on in this fight, if you must make a money line bet, I do think Figueredo is the better case. Um, but it, it's not exactly a play I would I would endorse because the UFC um, wants Moreno to win, I believe. Um, they they keep doing a rematch for this f- the fight, and I believe it's because they want Moreno to to walk away with the belt. Um, but the fact that they're doing this fight in Brazil, uh, you know, doesn't really help that case. It doesn't seem really good for Moreno's chances. And um, especially when you consider the fight is, uh, you know, probably going to hit the scorecards. And the fact that it's in Brazil and Brazil's home in uh, Figueiredo's, you know, home country, uh, that's not going to fare well for Moreno because. Speaking um, of that, can can we get can we get uh, boots on the ground or information on if model got flown out to to Rio, Rio de Janeiro? Brazil, yeah, that would be I big. Need, I'd like to know his whereabouts. I'd like to know <laughs> who the fuck is down there judging. I think it'll be mo- like a, you know, Brazilian guys. Yeah, maybe we should go back and look at the last event in Brazil and see uh, if it there. I don't think I can't think of any, but um, anyway. So I think that um, you know, 
I, I never thought that the UFC um, like had an influence on judges' decisions. Uh, the Patty Pimblett fight made me sort of question that. Uh, but, um, you know, a good example that, that the UFC doesn't have anything to do with judges is the last fight. I mean, that fight was in California. The crowd was behind Moreno. You got to think that he was the reigning champion. You got to think the UFC would have preferred he won the fight. And then it was a close fight that you could have given to Moreno. I don't, I think it would have been a wrong scorecard, uh, but they still didn't. They gave it to Fig. So I don't think that there's much of an agenda in terms of like the UFC and, you know, influencing the judges in this fight. But anyway, um, I sort of throw the second fight out. I, I, I think that, you know, Figueredo definitely had like a fucked up weight cut in that fight and Moreno uh, wiped the floor with them. But I don't think, you know, when these guys are at their best, I don't think that that, that fight is super, you know, relevant. You know, we've seen these guys go five rounds two times. And I think that that's what we have to suggest most of our evidence on here. Uh, so of those 10 rounds, I thought Figueredo won seven of them. I thought you could even give him eight of those rounds. Uh, so um, you also can look at the difference between the first and the third fight. Figueredo threw, I believe, 80 less strikes uh, from one fight to another. It was like a 28% decrease in strikes, while Moreno threw almost the exact same amount of strikes. So um, the first fight, I honestly thought Figueredo won fairly clearly. Uh, the judges disagreed. Uh, and then he went on to throw 80 less strikes. He landed 50 less strikes and he still won the fight unanimously. So you hear people back in Moreno saying he's the more he has the better volume. He throws, you know, more strikes. I don't think that that's, you know, super relevant here when when we just pointed to the last fight. Moreno threw 80 more strikes than Figueredo did, and he still unanimously lost the fight. But you know why, guys? Because Figueredo lands harder. I think that's pretty clear by now. After seeing him fight for 13 rounds, Figueredo does more damage when he lands. The, the leg kicks in the last fight did damage. The punches that caused the knockdowns did damage. And I just think that when Moreno lands on Figueredo, it, it doesn't have the same damaging impact and attritional impact uh, like Figueredo, you can also point at cardio. You can say that um, Figueredo, you know, he has a little bit more uh, irregular cardio. Well, guys, he's won the fifth round of both fights. Um, so, so I don't, I mean, uh, I think Moreno, I mean, actually, I had him winning the fifth round of the, the, the trilogy. But fun fact is the judges, actually, two of the judges had uh, Moreno winning the round. Um, so. I think that I think that Figueredo is the better fighter. Uh, I think that he has proven that over the first, uh, you know, two relevant fights, the decisions. The only pause room for pause is the fact that he uh, probably does have a little bit more miles than Moreno. Moreno's younger. Uh, Moreno's had that Kaikar France fight to stay active. Uh, and the weight cut for Figueredo seems to be more of an issue. Um, so some of those intangible things that aren't really on tape, I think, do point to Moreno. So I see why he's a slight favorite, but I still got to go with Figueredo as the pick. I will be rooting for Figueredo, and uh, I, I got to trust him to to just do what he's been doing over the two relevant fights, and and that is just continuing to land the harder shots, doing more damage over five rounds. And, uh, you know, banging three, at least three of these rounds. So go Figueredo. Hope he gets it done. Uh, but um, definitely not confident in him to, you know, actually do it. Yeah, so these guys are fighting again. Crazy. I mean, 
know, I think it's uh the last fight was what in uh in June? What was that January, bro? Twelve twelve months. Last year? Oh, for, oh the first, the other fight was in June. Yeah, yeah. Right. Got it. So this one was on the last gone card and then there's another gone card. So I mean, um I thought Figueredo won that last fight. You know, I was live betting him a little bit. I think that um the only thing that has the table picking fig is and you know doing the whole training camp in Brazil this time. Um, I don't really think it really matters all that much. So I just think this fight's gonna go over. I think both of the times, uh, both guys, you know, have, they've stunned each other a little bit, but, you know, not all that much. And then I feel like the grappling in reality, just because it, every fight, every round starts in the feet and it, it these guys are so kind of just, you know, quick and, you know, uh, agile that, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to keep them on the ground for prolonged periods of time. So I think uh, submission is probably, I don't think it happens again, like, you know, similar to like how Moreno Submitted him the second time, which I did have. I did have that at like ten to one or something. Um, so I think the site's gonna go over, and someone's gonna win by decision. I don't really know who. I I lean towards Figueroa to to win this fight again, uh, by decision again. But uh, I think instead of you know taking the little short money line price or laying you know juice on Moreno, I'll just take the over four and a half, say like minus one fifty, and uh, call it a day. Yeah, I see that angle. I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty high tempo. That, that that's the only reason I might have. But some they're not points. hitting each other that often, bro. Like they're like, I don't really sit down and start exchanging shots that much. Yeah, well, that that's a difference I noticed in in between the first and the third fight is that in the first fight, Figueroa was kind of going after Moreno a little bit more. He was initiating exchanges, while in round in the the third fight, he kind of took like the role as the counterpuncher. Um. And he really is the thing is, is Moreno, I think, seems a little scared of Fig's power at times. Like the third round of the trilogy, you know, Moreno is really tuning it up, you know, maybe having his best moments of the fight. And then the big knockdown for Fig happens. And then round four, Moreno is back to throw in like very few strikes. And he doesn't want to really let his combinations go because he knows that he he can land a combination or two, but then Figueredo is eventually going to sit down on something. He's going to hit him hard, and Moreno is going to you know retreat a little bit. So, yeah, man, I really hope really hope Fig wins. I think the leg kick is a, a good tool that will be there. I mean, Moreno is real heavy on the lead leg. And um, one last thing I'll say is Moreno's fight against Kaikar France guys. People think that I think people interpret that fight as like one way traffic for Moreno. That fight on the judges' scorecards was 1-1, 2-0, and 0-2. So those rounds, the judges were interpreting them as toss-up rounds um, against Kaikara. So I think that's something to consider here. Um, we'll be cheering for Figgy, though. Have the live bets ready. And and as we mentioned earlier, bro, this fucking fight being in Brazil has to be a, a good five ten percent advantage to figurado doesn't it i mean how could it not be um so we're gonna go along to the main event now for the vacant light heavyweight championship second pay-per-view in a row where they're fighting for the same belt um still vacant um glover to share the once and former champion or the it's the the once and future champion excuse me taking on jamal hill um, the odds for this one, Jamal Hill, minus 140, 
Glover to share a plus 120. I'll let you start this one off. What are we thinking here for the main event, Ozzy? You know, crazy how the, this one, you know, this fight came together with uh, what happened last month and then Glover uh, just, you know, being ready for it. But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of really, really like Glover to share it in this fight. And I think a lot of people look at it and I don't know. I mean, I think you you will you kind of know before you go in when you're if you're like uh, looking at content or you know you follow this guy for picks or whatever it is, you kind of know who's going who's gonna be bad on Glover and who's not. Um, you kind of just know, but like the issues that I see, I mean Jamal Hill, he's definitely you know over uh, exceeded my expectations of him. But you know last year this guy was an underdog to uh, Jimmy Crute. Obviously, landing some good shots there. And I can see a lot of the punches that he has a tendency to throw, um, you know, landing on Glover, you know, similarly to how Yuri was landing. Some of those punches, like those uppercut, you know, punches that come down the middle, you know, some of those hooks that you kind of throw at, you know, different angles here. Uh, he has a southpaw as well. Um, but I just feel that on the feet, Glover, you know, with kind of like, you know, the parries, uh, the, the boxing that he brings, that he does. You know, some of the shots that he starts to slip in on people, like his left hook, you know, right cross, and kind of coming inside and finishing the, you know, the the combinations with those. I think they'll be there, be there for him uh, against Jamal Hill. Over, you know, is a really strong guy as well. So, you know, when they are throwing shots and kind of, you know, falling into the clinch and, you know, in positions like that, I feel like he's definitely going to have the advantage there. Um, and then on the ground, obviously, he has, a, you know, big edge as well. Is a little is pretty uh uh say um those you know some of the right movements but I I still think his ground game overall is uh doesn't have the greatest feel to it you know I think there is some maneuvers that he uh you know gets done that you're like all right like that was good defense or that's a good instinct or you know things like that but you know there there are other positions that um could tell he you know he just kind of doesn't have the knowledge like you know some of the positions against paul craig you know i see some good things you know that where he's gonna uh, strip you know a certain frame or a foot on the hip or whatever it is and you know get to a certain position but then there's just other areas where you could just tell he's like maybe like blue belt level on the ground um, and if he just gets put on his back feel as long as Glover doesn't dive on submissions and get too impatient, he should be able to advance position pretty well on him and then probably finish with like an arm triangle, I think is is probably the method here. But it could, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that Jamal like bucking him off or something like that happening if there is a takedown. Um, but I just think that Glover's going to be able to, like I said, keep his guard up, parry some of those punches that come his way. I think the kicks and knees are maybe... Uh, something that is an intangible that maybe I'm not respecting as much. Maybe, you know, Glover needs to watch out for that. Be a bit more than I give it credit for. But I just feel that with the the, the boxing that Glover has, uh, his cardio conditioning, the pace that he keeps, and then ultimately his wrestling game and top control should be enough at this win. At plus money, felt again in Brazil. How can I not side with Glover Teixeira? Money line price. Sprinkle on his inside the distance, you know, line as well. But uh, but yeah, I love Glover in this fight. Yeah, man, complete agreement. Um, it's typically not a good thing historically when we're agreeing like this in the main event, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think this one, you know, has the writing on the wall. I mean, uh, every grappler that Hill has faced, even some non-grapplers have, you know, put him on the mat and put him on his back. Uh, I don't think the guy's, you know, wrestling is that good. And I certainly don't think his bottom game is any good. And, you know, Glover is going to be, you know, just suffocating on top. And uh, I just think that the the Glover getting the fight to the floor is so much more reliable than Hill, you know, knocking him out on the feet is. I, I think that it, when this fight stays in the feet, it's not even going to be, you know, complete one-way traffic for Hill. You know, Glover is a skilled, crafty striker of his own. He had moments of striking success against uh, Jiri in their fight. So um, I think the idea that uh, that Hill's going to just, you know, instantly kill him on the feet, I think that's pretty off here. And um, I just think that, that the most reliable path to win fights typically in MMA is with grappling. And I think that you can replicate that the most times. And I think that that's, you know, what's going well for us here is that we have the far superior grappler, the better wrestler, the guy with the better jujitsu by a mile, the more experienced fighter, the more experienced fighter in five round fights. And just Jamal Hill, man, getting taken down by Tiago Santos and Darko Stosic and getting tied up on the mat, uh, putting your hands on the mat. The more prepared fighter, the guy that was getting ready for a five rounder, yeah. got delayed, got right put back on the docket. Yeah, Jamal, I mean, yeah, Jamal Hill. Um, is documented to take dabs. He he smokes a lot of weed, takes dabs, bro. Like you can't be taking dabs and being a world class athlete. That's fucked up. I don't care. I don't. I don't understand. I don't you should not be able to do know. that. Fuck you shouldn't yeah. be able to do that. And if a guy, um, you know, uh, it would just be sad for for Hill for Hill to fly into Brazil and beat Glover like this. I mean, um, can't have. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. And mm-hmm. anybody who wants that to happen, I mean, come on, bro. Like, uh, that's sick. Um, I just can't a- see how, bro, like, told me at any point in Jamal Hill's career, literally, after or before the fight. Look, you know, in X amount of time, you're going to want to bet Jamal Hill at minus 140 against Glover Teixeira in the main event. Who the fuck would yeah. say yes? Who? Why would you say I that? don't know. Yuri Prohashka was minus one forty against fucking Glover. Open, at least that's very open. To- yeah, I remember you called me. You're like, oh man, let's do it, <laughs> right? You remember, right? You him, yeah, it was know. minus one thirty. Yeah, I do. Yeah, minus one thirty-five, um, something like that. So I, I just I do. And that that wasn't even a good bet, though. It like all one. all things said and done. Um, but I mean, I just think it would be, you know, uh, uh, another amazing story in Glover's t- career for him. He got the belt. He overcome. He was a dog and kept winning and winning and winning to get the belt. And then he was defending it and he was 30 seconds away from retaining it. And, you know, some crazy shit happened. And now he gets a chance to win back the belt as a 42 year old in his home country of Brazil. Uh, I mean, I think it would be, you know, just a fucking great Cinderella story. And unlike Shogun early in the card that's probably not going to end in cinderella story-esque fashion i think this one will with glover getting that that choke um probably oh, in the early glover has too. to win dog come on yeah i don't know dude i just could not be going to sleep on saturday after a glover win and being like man i lost money on that like, you just gotta feel like an idiot like, you fucking see anthony smith or whoever it is who's ever is gonna be on the fucking desk like Knew how big of an advantage Glover had on the ground and his show, and you just feel like and, such an idiot. 
Like a 40 year old Tiago Santos with torn knees way past his prime was just up two rounds to one on Hill going into the fourth round. Um, and dude, I, I just feel like people, right. They say, Oh, Glover gets hurt, you know, but dude, this guy's ability to get hurt and to keep fighting is some of the best ever. It's literally right up there with like Frankie Edgar and, uh, you know, GSP, some guys who have just overcome some crazy adversity and kept chugging along through it. Glover is easy to hurt. Sure. But he is so difficult to finally put away. And that's what so many guys have done. They've hurt him. They've, you know, gotten overzealous. They went for the, the kill, this, that, and the other. Next thing you know, they're on bottom and they're losing the fight. And Being uh, said, that- I will say this. Jamal Hill hurts Glover to share. He's in Nagamon. I don't think I don't think that's such like a oh I don't know that's like that's not a guarantee. That's what I'm guaranteeing. You know I I think that Jamal's gonna make some absolute bonehead move to put himself in top position here. Like he's maybe maybe Glover slips or maybe he gets knocked down. He's gonna follow Glover to the ground and within a minute he's gonna be on his back and he's gonna be like, "What the fuck did I just do?" Like that that jury fight had so many back and forth turns like he would be getting his ass kicked like round two he was getting his ass kicked next thing you know jerry slips and glovers and mount just pounding him with elbows like he he capitalizes on mistakes uh you know so well for uh, for any fighter but a guy his age he he's amazing at it um so that's enough glover gushing let's hope he gets the win this weekend and um that'll do it that'll do it for the podcast really he hope fights. The- jesus christ Really hope that the Brazilians uh, win their titles in the main event. That would be that would be sick, honestly. Honestly, if you're like me and Moreno and Hill winning would gross you the fuck out, maybe we should parlay uh, Moreno and Hill to, to no do a whole do a whole Brazil uh, parlay. Yeah, well, some of these fights are Brazil except versus for not Brazil. except not uh, Lauren Murphy. Take <laughs> either a skip, omit, or and Lauren. Uh, there's a uh, two Brazil versus Brazil matchups. We got Moises and and Rod in those, but um, yeah, honestly, not a bad fight, not a bad fight card to concoct some parlays here. I think there's a a, a several safe favorites in the card that you can you know work into some parlays here, which I won't say often, but it's the case. Indeed. But uh, that'll do it. Any uh, any closing thoughts here, Ozzy? What's your prediction for the Eagles versus Giants final score Saturday night? What? This war is war this week, little bro. I mean, the Giants are 1,000% covering that spread. I mean, last week I told people in our, in our Discord group, responsibly, everything you own, the Giants against the Vikings. That was an easy <laughs> win. That was, wire, that was like wire to wire, basically. Like, there was never any doubt. That plus three, zero doubt. Um, and then this past weekend... Bro, I would have shipped so much on the Bucks or the teaser, the Bucks teaser. Didn't come to fruition. You know, thankfully hedged hedged a little bit on the uh I need a score ball. prediction, bro. Who cares oh. about the Bucks fucking teaser? I mean the Giants are gonna <laughs> win. The Giants are gonna win. Um I'm gonna predict the score is gonna be 20, 24, 21 Giants. Uh get the win. Okay. I'll go 27-20 Eagles. The so they will cover by half a I'm point. I'm telling you right now, Jalen Hurts is injured. I maybe you're aware of that. I think you are that as aware as you're gonna be on Sunday or Saturday. 
Jalen Hurts. I don't know. Jalen Hurts. But why would a why would a Miles Sanders and you know Gainwell and Scott just run the ball down the throat it's like we did happen. the last game? Yeah, bro. We didn't last game. Or not last, last game. game. But, you know. Oh, that was the, 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 we the didn't one, even have one, like our like our the one where defense. the players were trying when the Eagles scored forty eight points. We on didn't them. have like our whole defense in that game, bro. That's you're 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 you guys are gonna get rocked. That's, that's all I'm gonna tell you, bro. 27-20 Eagles. Slayton. That's Slayton. That, that sh- this shit. Yeah, this shit's on the same time as the the fights. What are we gonna be doing? What's your attention span gonna be like? Are you gonna be? Oh, bro, I'm not watching the about... fucking fights, bro. Get the fuck out of here. I'm watching the <laughs> fucking Giants Eagles, bro. Are you crazy? Um, what is that? Eight fifteen, right? It's eight o'clock on. Yeah, Saturday? yeah, bro. That, think I'm watching fucking. This is a fight. What fight would that align with? Um, let's see. First fight on the um. I'm watching Shamil fucking Shamil versus Almeida. No, it's gonna be Bonfine and Lazes. Fucking fuck. So yeah, I'll have that on a second fun. screen, or me if I'm out. I don't know. I haven't decided what we're gonna do for that. We were fucking pumped last week about the game. By the way, I mean, I think honestly, bro, you guys don't know what's coming to you. You guys think that you're just gonna be able to throw it up to AJ Brown and do all this bullshit, bro. We got our corners back. They're gonna lock up. I mean, you Dallas Goddard has to go off. I would recommend Dallas Goddard, Goddard props. Jalen Hurts, bro, he's not he's not ready for this defensive line. We're coming for him. We're coming for him. Well, all right, we'll find out. It's we'll gonna be under game. Soon. I would I would bet the under. But Giants um, games have been going over. I would bet the under. All right, that'll close it out, everybody. I hope you all enjoy the pay-per-view this week. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. I, I know UFC best next week. Team against the spread this season. Best Wait, there's no there's no UFC for the next two weeks, isn't there? No, no, there's UFC on February fourth, I think, right? That's like yeah, the yeah, one AM card. Thinking. That's like the one AM card. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Korea card. Is not watching. Shit. Is that yeah. Super Bowl Super, week or is that Super Bowl, Bowl is the next today? Yeah, I think so. The, yeah. No, I think this. I think they moved it back one week. This really? Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well, we'll see everybody in uh, two weeks then back on the podcast. Uh, Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all later. Peace out, everyone.